Star Wars sleepover, a laid-back exploration of the captivating and sometimes ridiculous, especially today, galaxy far, far away. I'm Europa Tokani, and as always, I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Loya Rowan, and today we'll be discussing LEGO Star Wars Droid Tales. It all started with a meme. Let's do this. It's time once again for Cantina Corner. Every episode, Loya and I are each choosing a Star Wars themed cocktail to enjoy during our sleepover. And I think you're back to cocktails, Loya. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So we, we both do have an alcoholic cocktail this week. And for this episode, I have chosen the Darth Collins from the manual, which it's really probably one of the more standard cocktails that I've made. It's a Tom Collins, essentially, but with vodka. I don't know if that's a thing that has another Evolved. name, but <laughs> for Star Wars purposes, it's a Darth Collins. So it is just vodka, lemon juice, simple syrup, and soda water. Mm. But I think it will be nice and refreshing. So I'm going to give it a try. That does sound nice and refreshing. It's good. It's Excellent. like kind of lemonade y, not super sweet, which is good because we know I'm not a fan of sweet drinks. Loya, what are you drinking this episode? All right. So I decided to kind of like ease into it and pick a drink that I'm not going to want more than one of. So I picked the Floating Yoda. Uh, by Homemade Hoopla. It is essentially a white Russian with a scoop of mint chocolate chip ice cream, or in this case, mint chocolate chip gelato. And for some reason in my head, when I was making this drink, I just had, alas, poor Yoda. I knew him <laughs> over and over. Like, I was just, like, sitting there, like, oh, alas, poor Yoda. I think it's just, like, the little scoop of ice cream floating around just kind of, like, <laughs> reminded me of, like, Yoda's head as a skull I don't know got really grim there <laughs> <laughs> so I also like reduce the amount of vodka again to kind of like ease into things because yes uh my first my first post post dry January adventure did not go particularly well I'm gonna give it a shot oh god that's really good so good ice cream I'm gonna just add it to everything <laughs> I wonder if there are other ice cream based Star Wars drinks out there. I don't even know if I, I can handle are. that. It sounds good, but I can't even drink white Russians on their own. So I don't know if it's for me, but also like an alcoholic soda float of some kind sounds good. Yes. Yes. Oh, and before I forget. So <laughs> the things I was looking at before we started this podcast is this particular recipe says it's 142 calories and I was just like laughing to myself because it's got a scoop of ice cream in it alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, not to mention the Kahlua. That's a good point. <laughs> the, like, the milk. So yeah, no, definitely not 142 calories. And also it described in the print, <laughs> printed version, it has cuisine, American and Russian. I'm, I'm like, I don't think <laughs> white Russians are actually Russian. No. <laughs> they're not. They're not. Highly implausible. Yeah. And it yeah. is. Yeah. They are so called Russians because of the vodka. All right. Well, cheers. cheers. And let's get started with the Mousteroid segment. All right. Now it's time for that, that part of our episode. That's the Mouse Droid segment. So I wanted to just update everyone that I have finished Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule. I actually just finished it yesterday, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I thought it was fine. Oh, I it wasn't as amazing? So I definitely enjoyed Rise of Kylo Ren a lot more, but I also was very invested in yeah. that and very interested in the character already, and Light of the Jedi is all entirely new characters. They mentioned Yoda a few times, and I think he's in the scene at the very end, but literally everyone else is completely new and I found it difficult to keep track of everyone and <laughs> to learn everyone like I got there by the end but it was 
a little overwhelming. And I had some conversations with my brother-in-law about it because he had listened to the audiobook oh, and okay. he had exactly the same comment. He enjoyed it. I didn't not enjoy it, but it definitely was like a big introduction to the era and all the characters and everything that was going on. And it is interesting. I would say I found the villains to be much more interesting than the Jedi, oh. which we've already talked about my feelings towards the Jedi. There is <laughs> mention of a Jedi romance or at least feelings between two Jedi, which oh, wow. I'm on board for. Definitely on board for that. And the villains, I won't get into <laughs> every detail about them, but they're basically this band of marauders who have a special ability and access to hyperspace. And like they huh. have they know things that like no one else knows about hyperspace and can travel in ways that no one else can. And that leads to like the big event of the book and a lot of things that happen and I think they're they're really interesting, they're cool, they're new. The leader of the Nile is like really interesting. So I am excited to kind of see where that goes. And I am interested in reading other books that are coming out as part of the High Republic era because there are authors that I think both of us really like that are involved. Mm -hmm like Claudia Gray and Daniel Jose Older. So I would like to read some of the things that are coming after Light of the Jedi, but Light of the Jedi on its own, I think was just okay for me. It, are the other books uh, planning on building on this then? Is it going to be kind of like a trilogy or is was this just like a standalone thing that like Charles Sewell did and this is it? It's my understanding that they're all connected in some way. I don't. Okay. I think at least one of the books is kind of concurrent with Light of the Jedi, and then there are others that either expand upon it or that do progress into the future. And I think there's like more phases planned of it. Interesting. So it definitely will progress in time, but I just don't know how much and how quickly it will progress. Okay, good to know. So a lot of world building then in this first one. Yeah, definitely. Okay. I don't know if we're going to discuss any of the High Republic stuff on this podcast necessarily, other than my brief <laughs> summaries and <laughs> thoughts. But I will continue to report back if I read anything else. Okay, that sounds good. I'm definitely intrigued. And maybe once I get through like the ones we're reading for the podcast and the other ones that I really want to read, then I can circle back and see if I'm interested. <laughs> all right, that's all I have to say on that. All right. Man, this is uh, this is rough. Okay, we can do this because it's important. This is important. All right. So the other thing that happened recently uh, in the Star Wars realm is Gina Carano's departure, firing, from the Mandalorian series, which happened the week prior to this recording last few days really and, and we want to yeah. acknowledge that so we want to acknowledge it i also want to acknowledge that we don't actually know if she was fired recently mm. the sequence of events at least the day that this announcement came out was that she had shared a really troubling anti-semitic post on her instagram and people were calling her out on it rightfully and the hashtag, hashtag fire Gina Carano was trending. Again. Again, yes. Yeah. I think more forcefully than before, because this was just another in a series of really reprehensible actions and statements from her. And then that night, there was an io9 article that was posted stating that Lucasfilm had made a statement that Gina Carano was no longer employed by Lucasfilm and there were no plans for her to be employed with Lucasfilm in the future. And that, you know, regardless of that, her behavior online was abhorrent. But we, because of 
in part because of the way that that statement was worded. It's possible that she was actually fired long before this, and they just felt that this was the opportune time to make the statement. We don't know. Yeah. Although her, like, with the news today that she had found other employment and her, like, promotion of that makes it seem like it was more abrupt. I guess it's possible that it did happen before and she just didn't acknowledge it. But given her, like, knee-jerk reactions to things, I get the feeling it was wasn't that was in real time. And then also her talent agency let her go as well. So I, I the news, this news, I, have we talked about this on the podcast? We have. We talked about yeah. this back in September, I think, when she posted was the pronouns. Posting, yes, when fake she had, I think, posted some transphobic things and people had again called her out on it and she made a post saying that she had spoken with Pedro Pascal and he had explained to her why why people put pronouns in their profiles online and what it meant. And she made this whole post about how she understood now she got why people did it. She wouldn't be doing it, but that's fine. And then <laughs> like hours later had put beep bop boop in her Twitter profile. Yeah. And we had talked about the fundraiser that was started by several Star Wars fans in response to this for the Transgender Law Center that we had donated to and we had promoted on our podcast at that time. And I just want to mention that that fundraiser is still live and has actually raised over $20,000 at this point. Wow. And obviously there's still a need for support of the transgender community of course and support of the transgender law center and if you would like to help keep the fundraiser going you should definitely check it out we'll link to it on our website that fundraiser was started by maggie who is part of the star wars friends podcast eric who is part of the living force podcast and candace who is from the geeky waffle yeah, I mean, they've done an awesome job keeping the Sunraiser going, and there have been some people in the Star Wars book community in particular who have donated to it. So props to them for setting that up and keeping it going. Yes, definitely. And uh, I would also recommend an article that just came out today from Vox that we'll also link to, which does a really good job of explaining that unless conserv- conservatism is bigotry, she was not fired for being conservative. So yes, that has helped me at least today, like kind of parse through the arguments around this, namely that her firing was a form of blacklisting. The article does a really good job of arguing it's not because she did just post about being on Ben Shapiro, a movie like she signed a contract with Ben Shapiro and is now totally going to make movies, shows, in the conservative realm. And also it argued that <laughs> this was not an isolated incident that happens. And her response to valid criticism has been completely underwhelming. Uh, the, the author, Emily uh, Vanderwerf, Werf? I'm sorry for mispronouncing your name. She, we've linked to her articles before. And she's got an excellent take on this one as well. She has a little aside that says, like, after the pronouns um, situation, she talked to Pedro again, and he explained things. And she said, like, you know, he pressed her on it. And she said, I'm not against trans lives. And Emily just does a really good job of summarizing that up and being like, thanks. Because you shouldn't be against anyone's life. So, yeah, treat people like people. I do want to also call attention to another fundraiser that was set up today by, again, three Star Wars fans at Scout the Trooper on Twitter, at Maggie of the Town, who also helped set up the fundraiser for the Transgender Law Center, and then at Darth Molly, who we Aww. have shouted out on our show before for her amazing Last Jedi cocktails, and she's just also a really cool person and really amazing enjoy following artist. her on Twitter. She's also an amazing artist. Definitely check her out on Twitter and Instagram because she's awesome. And they have set up a fundraiser for the Anti-Defamation League in response to Gina Carano's anti-Semitic behavior. 
So unfortunately, definitely needed. And if you would like to give to that cause, we will link to that as well. And personally, I am hoping that she's just recast. Straight up recast. No need to I don't know. That. I don't know if I want her to be recast. I kind of don't. I love Cara Dune. Like, she's so cool to me. I love, like, her. She's so badass. Like, this is this is why this is so frustrating for me. I don't like Gina Carano. I know. Her I know. Aside, I have always struggled with her and have struggled with the character of Cara Dune because... To me, her acting performance was just lacking, and it didn't make me be interested in the character. What is frustrating is that in Cara Dune, we had a woman in Star Wars who was strong and badass, and didn't have, like, the typical Hollywood body type, and and that's something that I would love to see more of in Star Wars and in media in general, is women that look different from the typical actress, but, you know, it was just kind of (laughs) tainted by the fact that it was Gina Carano. So that's unfortunate. It is. I mean, it really is. I mean, there's really no excuse for it. Like when you are, when you're called out for something that you did and it is to that level where you are denying people their own, the right to their own existence and you are, endangering people's lives by tweeting against masks and you are like what she what she posted had consequences he has have real world consequences like if you make the equation that your criticism like people rightly calling you out is equivalent to what the jews face in the holocaust you're let you're like that's just completely divorced from reality like those are so fundamentally different situations and the fact that like not only did she not see that then she then, like, didn't apologize for it, doubled down on it. Like, it's just, like, this pattern of behavior. It's just, like, no, like, there's there's nothing to say to you. So she did it to herself, and it was long overdue that she faced consequences for her actions, and now she has. So this week we are discussing, uh, I guess, limited, formerly Disney XD series, Lego Star Wars Droid Tales. Neither (laughs) one of us ever had Disney XD, which is why I I haven't watched Rebels until now, because I haven't had cable for like the past 12 years. So hence why we're (laughs) catching up on Star Wars TV shows now that they're on Disney+. And we were looking to do a fun light episode, which we've said we were going to do in the past, and turned out not to be at all the case. I think we introduced this with uh, Tina Carano. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, this actually, (laughs) now that we've gotten past that, should be a light and fun episode. Because there's nothing profound or disturbing to talk about about Lego Droid Tales. But of course... (laughs) We had to preface it all with Gina Carano. I do so... have a mention of sexism, though. Okay. So, heads up. <laughs> all right. Slightly, slightly critiquing. So the reason also that we chose to discuss Lego Droid Tales is because I had seen some memes that were from this. And when we get to that point, I will say what they were. And I just thought they were hilarious. So... I thought this, again, would be just a fun thing to watch and discuss. And was hoping that it would all be as good as those memes. I don't know if it was. <laughs> again, I don't know that we were the intended audience for this. Although, I will say yeah. there were a lot of like meta jokes that were about Star Wars, yeah. about like the reception of certain Star Wars movies, about the actors. So... It definitely was made to also appeal to, I assume, parents <laughs> that are forced to watch this with their children. We are not parents, so no. we would not be forced to watch this by anyone else other than ourselves. But I did have the thought while I was watching it about my niece, who is like two and a half, and is getting to the point where... Like she can actually watch things and process them. Two and a half. Yeah. Oh my gosh. 
And I did buy her some Star Wars books for Christmas. So don't worry, she has already been exposed to Star Wars. But Sturdum Young. It's weird that there are these other retellings of Star Wars that are out there that are not the movies, so they're not the original content, but it could be a child's first exposure to Star Wars. I guess that's not that odd, though, because I'm just thinking, like, technically, when we were talking about, like, how we first got into Star Wars, my first exposure to Star Wars was the Ewoks movie, the Caravan one. So, yeah, which I thought was actually, like, my my memory was conflating it with the actual, you know... Star Wars movie. So yeah, I guess that's not that odd, but it is weird when you phrase it like that. Well, I have a funny story on this topic as well. Yeah. When my husband and I went (laughs) to Disney, how long ago was that now? Like seven years ago at this point? It was the first time either of us had been to Disney. So I am 100% a Disney adult. People can just deal with that. I love Disney. I did not go until I was an adult, but now I love it. So sorry, but I'm not, not sorry. sorry. Don't but apologize. <laughs> we we went during Star Wars weekends, which was totally an accident, and I like freaked out because it was like the most amazing thing I could possibly imagine. R.I.P. to Star Wars weekends. But we went to meet Darth Vader. And I remember we this picture. Line, and there was a kid who was probably like five or six in front of us with his grandmother. And we we just like started talking while we were waiting. And she was like, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's really upset now. But this whole time he's just been asking when he was going to be able to meet Darth Vader. And like, that's what he was really looking forward to. But now he's scared. Yeah. And he was like visibly scared. <laughs> he was Aww. so scared. And then his grandmother was like, well, he's never seen Star Wars. He only knows Darth Vader from Angry Birds. Oh. I was about to say, I was like, this is this kid a Sith? <laughs> 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 That's my immediate thought. I'm like, who wants to meet Darth Vader that badly? Like, is this like, <laughs> is this kid with the dark side? My first question. But yeah, Angry Birds, that makes sense. I mean, I'm assuming it makes sense. I never really got that far into Angry Birds. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I you've Darth only Vader seen Angry Birds Darth Vader. I can understand why if you saw an actual person in front of you dressed as Darth Vader who was like and tall breathing. and breathing like that and everything, you would be petrified. And he did take a picture with Darth Vader, but he looked absolutely petrified in the picture. Yeah. Yes. I would also like, yeah. <laughs> as a child, I would have been scared. So, like, if you only know Star Wars Angry Birds or if you just watch a Lego Star Wars show, like, when Mm. you actually see Star Wars, it's going to be a much different experience. Yeah. Yep. It would be hard to, like, take the Emperor seriously. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For starters, which is, like, my reaction to, like, every single Lego Star Wars thing now, where it's just like, oh, my God, the Emperor. Palpatine, just go. (laughs) I think you should make your niece watch it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen my niece in however many months now because of COVID, but we do talk to her every week on FaceTime, and she knows us, so. Yeah, exactly. I hope she's reading her Star Wars books. Yeah, and also, like, it would be, this would be a nice, easy, like, reintroduction to, like, you just throw on a movie, and you're like, oh, let's watch Lego Star Wars. We'll talk about the episodes kind of in order, but before we do, I'll go yes, into a little bit of background. So, as I said, Lego Star Wars Droid Tales was released on Disney XD in July 2015, and that totally makes sense because it's essentially an abridged retelling of the first six movies that were released, and it was in the lead up to the release of The Force Awakens. The framework of the story is that C-3PO, and this I just have to mention, there are several points in the show where there are straight up plot points that appear in yes. Rise of Skywalker. Yes, 
I was just talking to Darth Brooks about this. There was that whole dramatic scene in the trailer for Rise of Skywalker where they showed C-3PO like being turned off or whatever was happening to him. We didn't know at that point in the trailer. And then he lost his memory in the movie. And it was revealed that R2 had a backup. So then he got his memory back and he was fine. And that's what happens in <laughs> Joy Tales as well, although not with that dramatic a uh, context. It's just that he doesn't actually remember anything that happened prior to the original trilogy, but R2 has a backup of everything. So he's able to get the backup and regale everyone around the fire on Endor after the Battle of Endor with his tales of the Clone Wars and everything that happened leading up to A New Hope as well. This actually made me sad that, like, I didn't watch this first because then maybe I wouldn't have been so emotionally invested (laughs) in the scene with C-3PO and then also been expecting the, like, R2-D2 save at the very end. That would have saved me some emotional investment with that. And then kind of in the present time, while C-3PO is telling these stories, there's a mysterious figure who appears and abducts R2 and takes him somewhere. And then C-3PO is also spending time across the series looking for R2-D2. And I also want to point out that (laughs) there are these scenes where C-3PO is talking about how much he misses R2-D2 and how sad he is that he can't find him and they play across the stars which is the love theme for anakin padme i did not notice that at all my main thing was like it was very clear it was lando like i was like why do they keep (laughs) saying mysterious figure you can tell it's lando like what the heck anyways yeah we watched this (laughs) uh for vague reasons and I watched it all in one go. What did you do? <laughs> it's only like two hours in total. It, there are parts, though, where it did feel like I was like, wow, how am I only on episode two? Overall, I liked it. But yes, there were parts that like landed much better than others. I agree. And it was very clear to me like what landed better with me as compared to other parts. And it totally makes sense for yeah. me. So I'm interested to see if we agree uh, yeah. or not. Yeah. Yes, I am also interested because I know there are definitely, like, as I mentioned, like, when we were first, like, preparing for this episode that I could tell, like, there were things that I was like, oh, my God, I love this. I'm like, yeah. Europe is <laughs> not going to share my thought, same thoughts on this. So let's get into episode one of LEGO Star Wars Story Tales, which is also recounting episode one, The Phantom Menace. In my opinion, this one was by far the strongest. I thought this episode was hilarious. Basically because it was just making fun of Anakin the whole time. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was so accurate. So in the movie, Anakin as a child is just like so pure and sweet to the point that it's ridiculous. And also (laughs) a straight up liar. Just saying. True. But, I mean, Lego Star Wars calls that out because yes. they show him being just, like, saccharine sweet. And then I think the first time is <laughs> Shmi is, like, making him a sandwich or something. Yes. And she's like, oh, we we don't have that kind of bread. I'll make it with this. And he's just like, what? And just becomes evil on the spot. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then says, I find your lack of white bread disturbing. <laughs> That's when I knew this was going to be intense slash crazy. However, I did want to point out something before we were even introduced to this part. The Ewoks are playing drums on Stormtrooper helmets, which I noticed. I don't know. I couldn't remember if that was actually in the the movie. Yeah, I was just like, oh my god. Like, it's one of those moments where I'm just like, this is is kind of grim. That's Um, like how I didn't notice. That in yeah. A New Hope, they show the charred bodies of Ambaru and Uncle yeah. Owen for, like, years and years and years until I watched it one time and I was just like, wait a minute. Yeah. What? And then I was, <laughs> also before, like, we get into this, like, retelling, I was like, wait, when did Han find out that, like, <laughs> Darth Vader was Leia's father? Is that in the movies? No. 
No, they don't show that happening. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was just like, huh. So those two things, like, even before we get into Anakin being amazingly hilarious. So So, other highlights (laughs) for Anakin is the numerous times Anakin is flying by people in a ship just yelling, Hi, I'm Anakin! (laughs) I appreciated that. Yes. <laughs> His constant yippee, which will later be shown to be genetic. And then, like, I think my favorite personally was the scene where he takes the ship on Naboo and goes and blows up the turret control ship. And, like, he's talking to everyone else that's there and they're like we'll do this this and this and you go there and he like literally is just like what about me <laughs> very anakin and then <laughs> as he's flying off in the ship he's, he's like i didn't take the ship by accident i took it on purpose i loved that i loved it that was so good to me spot on yeah and then i also had there was this part at the beginning with R2-D2 where he's reading a magazine and it had a droid on the cover and I was just like, is R2 reading <laughs> a droid Playboy? Like, I was like, what is this? So I had that. And then Jar Jar makes a very brief appearance and he's instantaneously killed and I just felt like this like pang in my chest from my best. Uh-oh. I also really appreciated Darth Maul and like this is the only time I've ever appreciated Darth Maul is he's introduced and he's like, awesome, awesome, awesome. I was, I was very in favor of that. And then this is the part where I was just like, I bet Europa does not appreciate this is the droids showing up and saying, Roger, Roger. No, I missed that so much. There was just this moment where I was like, Oh, this is, this is my place. Roger, Roger. I also appreciated Obi-Wan tanning. There's a scene where he's left the ship and like, he just has this like oh what is it it's like aluminum foil like paper folds and he's sitting there just tanning and the idea of obi-wan tanning on tattooing was very satisfying <laughs> the other parts i want to mention although i i wouldn't know we'll talk about Watto, is this is this is part where i mentioned the ca- the casual sexism is he starts like getting into like the romance between Padme and Anakin. 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 <laughs> C-3PO mentions the romance between Anakin and Padme. And everyone who he's telling the story to is like, oh, oh and, and he just calls out Princess Leia. He's like, Leia, I'm sure you'd want to know. And it was just like, what the heck, C-3PO? And Leia, of course, responds like, no, get to the action, get to the good stuff. And I was so there for that. But I was, I was not a fan of C-3PO doing that. And I wrote, wow, this is way more entertaining if only these were the actual prequels. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a Snakes of the Plane reference. Oh, yes. Is that I, an episode? Are we getting into episode two now? No, though? it was in episode okay. one, which is, I, again, a strong evidence and uh, support of your case that, and my case, that this is the strongest episode. So at one point, Mace Windu goes, I have had it with these blaster firing droids on this battle droid making planet. And I was <laughs> there for that. I actually sat through all of Snakes on the Plane, Snakes on a Plane, just to hear that line. I've never and seen it was, Snakes on a Plane. It's, I was, I still, I, it, that movie affected me way too much. Way too much. Sadly. Sadly, what I do remember about Snakes on a Plane is that there was a song. What? That was called, it was like, oh, I'm going to have to look this up now. Yeah, well, I, there were multiple times where, like, people died, but, like, very graphically from these snakes. And they, it still gives me shudders right down my back when I think about those moments. So, yes, there was a song called Snakes on a Plane, Bring It, by Cobra Starship that was released in 2006 as the main single from the soundtrack. And I knew about this. Because the song featured William Beckett of the Academy is, Travi McCoy of Gym Class Heroes, and what? Maya Iverson of The Sounds, which were all bands that my sister was obsessed with. So I heard the song many, many times. <laughs> I'm actually shocked that I didn't because I was I had found out about Cobra Starship from one of the other fencers, and I was listening to Cobra Starship around that same time. I didn't even know that they had other songs. Yeah, 
I'm totally blanking on what those other songs are at this point, but I remember I liked them. I'm sorry if you are not a millennial and you listen to this podcast because... Go look these things up. I feel like every episode we're just like, remember in 2007 when this happened? Well, you know, people, other people were alive in 2007. You might have different memories, but you, you might remember stuff. So then another piece of evidence towards this episode being the best is also that one of the memes came from this episode <laughs> in that there's the scene where Qui-Gon is talking to Anakin and talking to him about being force sensitive and how he could become a Jedi and Watto was in the background. I <laughs> loved this. <laughs> Obviously, now that you mentioned it's our meme, I'm like, well, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> So Watto is literally in the background selling red flags and just keeps <laughs> popping up behind them being like, red flags! <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, Watto is us. <laughs> yep. And then later on, it's danger signs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's at the end when he's talking to Padme and she's like, I hope I see a lot more of you in the future. <laughs> yeah. Danger, danger, danger. Don't do it. Also, I appreciated Yoda's circus routine a lot, <laughs> actually. I deliberately told Darth Brooks about this. <laughs> like, unrelated topic. I was just like, oh, you know what? I was watching Droid Tales, because that's normal. And there was a scene where Yoda was showing off, and he just started doing circus routine. And Count Dooku just walks off. And I felt like that was very... I enjoyed that a lot, too. <laughs> so I actually was watching that episode, and my husband was in the room, and he thought it was hilarious, first yes! of all. And also, like, after Dooku just walked off, later on, he was like, where'd Count Dooku go? <laughs> like, <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> he walked off because he was annoyed with Yoda. Yeah, exactly. I thought it all made way more sense than the prequels, actually. <laughs> than the actual prequel plotline. Episode 2, I don't have that much really for, so curious to see what you have. But episode 2 covers episodes 2 and 3 of Star Wars, so Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. I wrote, this episode feels very lackluster. (laughs) (laughs) However, there is a part where C-3PO is talking about droids being people, and I felt like that was also very much in our, like, wheelhouse of (laughs) droids having sentience. And then the only other comment is with the fight between Mace Windu and Emperor, I wrote, love the twirling. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually did have a comment going back to the fact that they totally cut out they totally cut out the romance between Anakin and Padme and their wedding because yeah. in the show itself all the other characters say that like they don't care and they don't want to hear about it <laughs> but they did not take out in subsequent episodes the romance between Han and Leia and in fact highlighted it quite a bit it's more charming I mean yes I can't agree. be denied <laughs> Actually, you can make an argument there, and I would listen to you, but personal feelings. But our stance on Han and Leia has been made very clear. Yes. And then the one thing that I did think was was R2-D2's reaction to Padme's pregnancy, (laughs) which is basically him just, like, freaking out. (laughs) And then they're talking about names for the baby, and she's like, well, if it's a girl, then that's easy. I already have it picked out. Leia. If it's a boy, and then she just lists yeah. off all these like crazy names, and she, then she just ends with IG88 or Luke. <laughs> I yeah, just think it's funny anytime so they just like good. disregard Luke. They're like, yeah, obviously Leia, and then I mean whatever. <laughs> I appreciate that too. Yeah. <laughs> then episode three covers episode four, A New Hope, and. Actually, also, as a surprise to both of us, has a Lego adaptation of the Star Wars Rebels episode, Droids in Distress. Yes! Yes! I was shocked. Also, yes, 
Deb's head looked super weird as a Lego. (laughs) They all looked super weird as a Lego. Yeah. But it was cool. I had no idea that I was going to see them in this. But it makes sense because I think Rebels had been released, like, maybe it was in its second year because, Mm. again, because of that one year I went to Star Wars Weekends. I know that Rebels was released in 2014 because they were promoting it when I was there. Oh. And (laughs) my beloved coffee mug that I drink coffee out of every morning from Star Wars weekends that I would be like absolutely devastated if I ever broke is <laughs> like based around rebels. It doesn't have any rebels characters on it or anything, but the th- theme is like join the rebellion. And it, has, That's cool. it has a Mickey and an X-Wing on it. I I've definitely seen pictures of that. <laughs> so <laughs> beyond the rebels cameo, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of this episode? Let's see. I wrote nice rebels with three exclamation points, of course. Zeb's head is so weird. Um, the next thing I noted was uh, I think this must have been Luke. I'm not being whiny. Yes, yes, it is Luke being whiny. I was like, this is a toss up. It's either Anakin or Luke. Nah. <laughs> I wrote Lego Leia is still awesome. And then there was also like this part where they were like C-3PO co-ops the Millennium Falcon and Chewie's about to take a vacation and he's holding a brochure and it was a Tatooine, I'm pretty sure, like a travel brochure, except it had Jabba the Hutt on it. And I was like, this is terrible marketing. Why is Jabba on that brochure? So that was the only other comment I had. It's like, why? So on Leia, they gave her an alternative outfit where she had pants and a cape. I like that. And it was awesome. And then I also wanted to know the scene where Luke and Owen are looking at all the droids and deciding which one to buy. Mm-hmm. And like all the droids are just short circuiting and they're like, why is this happening? Because there's no explanation for yeah. it. And well, R2's attacking them, right? Well, it, it reminded me of one of the short stories in the A New Hope from a certain point of view, which you started, you said? Yep. Yeah. I'm only on, like, the third story, I want to say. Okay. So I don't think you've read this one yet, no. then. Nope. All right. I won't talk about it then, even though I really want to. <laughs> you totally should. <laughs> All right. Well, I got to read it for you, though. Oh, really? I'm going to ruin it for you. Okay. Then I'll we can wait. We can if you've read it. From a Certain Point of View, A New Hope, you know what I'm talking about. It's the story called The Red One by Ray Carson, who also wrote the Rise of Skywalker novelization. I really like her, and this story is really great. So if you haven't read it, definitely do, and I will be interested to hear what you think of it, Loya. We should add that to the Mouse Droid segments for next week or the week after whenever I get to it (laughs) and speaking of droids I feel like (laughs) this episode also demonstrated Obi-Wan's disappointing treatment of of droids (laughs) yes yes like I, I don't know you know that I love droids we both love droids droids have autonomy and should be treated as such and in this episode, Obi-Wan legit just, like, shoves droids into a closet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Obi-Wan's treatment of droids in general, like, throughout the series, just continues yeah. to be, like, worrying. <laughs> he doesn't recognize R2-D2. Like, I don't... No. No. Yeah. So, I also enjoyed how this episode called out how the Imperial officers always are just, like doing and saying really stupid things that they should know are really stupid. Yes. But it's just made explicit, like, you know, when the Millennium Falcon is about to land <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, do its thing, one of the Imperial officers is like, what is that? And the other one is just like, oh, probably just your standard ship floating through space with no one in it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that had to be an adult, like, that's obviously targeted towards adults. Like, yeah. the ki- that's going to go totally over a kid's head. But I like that as well. Um, and then, despite the fact that he did shove droids into a closet, 
<laughs> Obi-Wan did have a really funny line in his duel with Darth Vader. <laughs> where <laughs> Darth Vader was like basically just being Anakin and <laughs> Obi-Wan was like, this again, strike me down, please. <laughs> I'm glad you called that out because I also noticed that and I liked it. And then following up on that, I think also one of the funniest parts of this episode is that like Luke <laughs> sees what has happened and he sees Obi-Wan's cloak on the ground. And he's like, what happened? Is that old man just running around naked somewhere? Uh, yeah, that was good. And then also for whatever reason, I found... <laughs> The shot, like the literal shot when Luke fires into the reactor to destroy the Death Star and just like circles around before it actually goes in and hits. And I don't know. For some that was that was an interesting choice for for me because I was just like, was that funny? <laughs> that did not make my notes. I was still thinking about it. I'm like. Oh. <laughs> Oh, should also mention there is a nod to Leia and Han's relationship in this episode where they're like running around trying to escape the Death Star and Luke says, great banter guys, but we're trapped. (laughs) That was good too. And then I have to point out another plot point that appears in Rise of Skywalker. Which is <laughs> that so also in this episode is the scene at the end of A New Hope where Leia awards the medals to Luke and Han and famously not Chewie. And in Lego Star Wars Droid Tales, it's shown that there are actually three medals and that there's one for Chewie, but like R2 knocks the tray over and breaks Chewie's medal And then Leia kind of just, like, covers it up. I appreciate that. Yeah. I like that. I don't think I appreciate it. And it kind of annoys me (laughs) that it has to be this just, like, consistent thing that has to come up all the time that she didn't get a medal. Like, yes, he should have. But you don't need to just talk about it forever. And it annoyed me that it was an actual thing that happened in Rise of Skywalker Again, yeah. suspiciously, also happened in <laughs> Lego Droid Tales. And then <laughs> there's even a continuation of this that we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. see, because I, I think because I've only seen Rise of Skywalker twice, this isn't as like a bel- as much of a belabored point to me. All right, so episode four covers episode five, Empire Strikes Back. And the mysterious figure is revealed. Shocking. <laughs> this is episode four of a five-story arc, and now it's revealed that it's Lando, when you can obviously tell it's Lando since, like, episode one. All right. <laughs> yes, it's Lando, and he apparently has made a deal with an Imperial contingent to bring R2-D2 to a facility where they're going to use him to create a new droid army. Specifically, he's recycling old droids for extra cash. <laughs> <laughs> which is a phrase. Which was just like, I mean, again, assuming the droids have sentience, this is very grim. Yeah. But <laughs> it was like very evocative of like taking your cans in and getting your deposit back. Like, cash for gold. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, specifically, the person that's in charge of this operation is Maximilian Veers, who was a general in the Galactic Empire's army. And he appears, I think, most prominently in Empire Strikes Back. But (laughs) honestly... I had no memory of him. I'm like, Veers. Well, the reason that I like thought anything of it was that there is this Twitter account called Veers Watch (laughs) that just like looks for any mention or appearance of General Veers and (laughs) Man, I love the fandom. Yeah. It's just so so specific and weird. It's fantastic. So (laughs) shout out to that. I have seen like that account be tagged on Twitter before. 
about new things that were being released to see if General Veers was going to appear. So I'm happy for the person that runs that account that General Veers appeared in Lego Star Wars Droid Tales. So interesting. <laughs> I, I was I was shocked that he was named. And then I was like, who is this guy? And then I immediately like didn't know anything about him. So now now I feel like I want to rewatch it just to see what Veers is about. <laughs> this, as we all know, is my favorite Star Wars movie, but this was not my favorite Lego Star Wars Droid Tales episode. However, there were some things that I really enjoyed about it. They really like went in <laughs> on Han and Leia's relationship and their banter and like their lovey-doveyness and we're literally showing them like arguing and then just like looking into each other's eyes with h- cartoon hearts around them. <laughs> yeah. I was not as charmed by that. No, definitely not as good as the real thing. <laughs> what I also really enjoyed for whatever reason was <laughs> the Lego Minoc. <laughs> <laughs> That did not make my list. I thought that was so funny. <laughs> and then Han also makes a comment that like they all have to put on their oxygen masks yes. when they're on that. Well, not it's not a planet when they're like inside that creature that they think is an asteroid or whatever. And he's like, everyone put these on. It's the one planet in this universe without breathable oxygen. <laughs> yes, yes, I wrote that down for sure. Yeah, I love that. It made me very, like, it reminded me of Galaxy Quest uh, a little bit too there, where it's just like, you don't know there's air? Like, yeah. <laughs> All part of the same joke. <laughs> I was sad, though, that Leia just reverted to her New Hope outfit. She didn't get yeah. her best spin outfit, which we talked is about is like, so good. I had a few other points, too, where at the beginning of this episode, <sighs> Lucas trapped. And about to be eaten, and he's talking to Obi Wan. Obi Wan's like, use the force. He's like, I can't. Like, Obi Wan thinks that, like, you know, he's his struggle is that he's he's up right side and Luke's hanging upside down. So he like turns upside down, and that really got me for some reason. <laughs> like, I thought that was so funny. And then when they're tripping up the walkers, they're like, oh, these, <laughs> this is like the perfect machine. It has un- ungainly, easy to trip legs. <laughs> it's just like immediately tripped. There's a nod, an easy, easy mark to the stormtroopers' shots, where it's just like, you're just not very good shots, are you? And then they also, <laughs> they mentioned at some point that. <laughs> The swamp on Dagobah is a crib for Yoda. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. Yes. So those were my things like prior to this point that I had noted. (laughs) So then, of course, they had to do the Luke-Darth Vader duel. Yes. (laughs) Lego Star Wars. We have to talk about Darth Vader in the the trap of the dining room. Okay. Yeah. Because I also had that on my list. But I saw that you also had it on yours, so I loved that. There's there's a Mater D who keeps showing up and trying to get Darth Vader's order, and that like recurring joke was just very <laughs> satisfying to me. He's like, "Are you sure you don't want anything? It's like, No, you're ruining the essentially ruining his groove. And then you had written down the actual line. Yeah, <laughs> he's like in that weird dining room <laughs> waiting. <laughs> to trap everyone and like at one point he's just like I know this isn't the ideal location but it was the only room available on short note I uh, yes I love that I love that dining room though like it doesn't make sense but I love it Yes, exactly. I love it because it doesn't make sense. And then Mater D, who shows up in the final episode, which I think might be tied for me for the first one. I had a lot of things that I like really appreciated about that one, including the Mater D. <laughs> but before that, let's see. Yep, those are that's the points I had about that episode. You ha- you have some others yeah. though, right? Well, the yeah. the only other one I really had is like this just made me realize how weird this is <laughs> in the duel between Luke and Darth Vader <laughs> Darth Vader is like 
you must join me. There's no other way. And then Luke just like throws himself down the reactor shaft. And he's like, well, there is that way. And I'm just like, yeah, like, what did he think he was doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> Did he know that he was going to be able to save himself, even though like, by saving himself, he had no hand and was just like hanging off of this very spindly part of Cloud City, like calling out to Leia, being like, you're going to come save me. Or like, did he think he was going to die? Like, I had never thought about it that deeply. but I think he thought he was going to die. And it was preferable than being joining with Darth Vader. Because I feel like that would totally be something I would do. I'd be like, well, then no. And then just like jump and be like, oh, <laughs> possibly because I do this in video games a lot. <laughs> like, I'm not going to work with you. No. Like, I and then, don't know if it was somehow supposed to be impl- implied that he like used the force and he knew that he was going to land on this thing. Or if he like literally was just like, no, I can't join you. So I'm just going to die. I feel like maybe he was trusting in the force, but also maybe anticipating his own death. My thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) We will move on to episode five, which is the last episode. And this covers episode six of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Yes. Let's see. I love the fact that the stormtroopers were sitting in a circle. And then I wrote, I'm sad that they skipped Leia coming in like a badass. Which yep. I know was also like, yeah, yep. on your list. I was very upset that they did not include that. And then I was even more upset because they did include her in the bikini. Yeah. Like, she had an yes. entirely different outfit than yeah. she had in A New Hope. But she still has to have the bikini mm-hmm. in Lego Star Wars Droid Tales. Really? Yeah. Yep. I was, I was very much, like, circling my face and being, like, unimpressed. And then, going back to the Mater D... They're on the speeder above the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> Luke's talking about like all the allies he has, and there's just like this like tubeless hour. It's like, burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes completely over the top. Like all of a sudden, like Obi Wan's there and Jar Jar Bings, and like they're making a pyramid, and then like it cuts to the Mater D, and he's doing the tuba, and he just winks, and I I loved that. Like it was very satisfying to me. <laughs> What I found really satisfying in that scene was when Luke's lightsaber falls into the Sarlacc pit. Everyone's like, oh no. And then it just starts flying everywhere and yeah. <laughs> hitting all of these things. Oh, so good. So good. And then definitely a highlight and another meme that I had seen was when Luke goes back to see Yoda and like really that scene in the actual movie should be a meme in and of itself, which yes. it is. It is. Good. <laughs> like there's a meme that's like, I never understood <laughs> how Yoda felt when he was just trying to die and Luke wouldn't stop talking to him until I had kids. <laughs> but like, seriously, Yoda is like just trying to die, and Luke is like, "But Yoda, this, this, and this. Why is this?" And Yoda's just like, "Can I die? I've been alive for like hundreds of years." Oh my gosh, I did appreciate that. Like the commentary on Yoda's age, where he was only like <laughs> nine hundred, you know, ninety-three years old, or would that have been eight hundred and ninety-three years old instead of nine hundred years old? I did like that. I was like, "Yeah, wait a minute." That makes no sense. So in Lego Star Wars Droid Tales, they depict the scene, but they show Yoda holding a teddy bear. I I wrote, I loved it. Loved the teddy bear. (laughs) Which, like, (laughs) I don't know if that's just to, like, try and soften it a little bit for children so that they're just like, he's just going to sleep. (laughs) But it was funny. And then (laughs) they're talking about, you know, how there's another and Luke is like Leia she's my sister and Yoda's like why isn't the force you are and then Luke's like no Leia's just the only girl I've ever met yeah very very profound yes and then Yoda says not many women in our adventures are there fix that next time we must I wrote a response to that I wrote and yes more women (laughs) 
exclamation points both times. Also, this is like full, very full circle to my drink, where it's like, alas, poor Yoda, I knew him. <laughs> On that note of Luke's yeah. family, <laughs> when he's telling Leia that Darth Vader is his father, she's like, no, that can't be. And he's like, he's your father, too. And then he just runs <laughs> off. <laughs> Drops the mic. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, so this was the part I had to rewatch was like, I mentioned, I had just had written in my notes, bike locks, and then just like th- three laughing faces. And I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> but apparently like on Endor, there's a scene where, you know, the stormtroopers rush for the speeder bikes and they rush after them and they have bike locks. And just like that added detail was just very... <laughs> <laughs> it was that extra layer of ridiculousness that, that I appreciate. And then I think I think my my next point is before yours. So C3PO in front of the Ewoks, uh, Luke starts having him do magic tricks, and those were like the most random magic tricks ever. <laughs> like <laughs> I also really applaud like Anthony Daniels for participating in this endeavor. And also whoever they got for um Harrison Ford was pretty accurate. I I felt I'm like, okay, that's, they had like the intonation, right? Yeah. So kudos to them. I just needed to make note of the fact that Mon Mothma's hair was incredibly voluminous. How would I miss that? I'm going to look this up. You can continue because like, yeah, <laughs> it take me a while. Mon Mothma. <laughs> really the only other major thing I had was the follow-up on the metal, which is that, R2-D2, like, back in the present oh. time, after he's been reunited with C-3PO, tries to give C-3PO a medal, and then C-3PO gives it to Chewie. So Chewie gets his medal, just like I, he does in Rise of Skywalker. Also, oh, the, um, when they blow up this, the shield generator, and they're, like, walking around, they have sunglasses, and there's just this, like, massive explosion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is the best I wrote. <laughs> the best. The best. The best. <laughs> so any closing notes? Any last thoughts? Would you uh, recommend Lego Star Wars Droid Tales? I would recommend it to any of the people who I know who have children. And also, if when I was babysitting like in high school and everything, I totally would have happily watched this. I forget. Who was I talking to? I don't know. Must have been someone else talking to about like kids rewatching certain movies. So when I was babysitting in high school, my babysitter preferred The Incredibles, which I was very grateful for because it's not a painful movie. And like <laughs> you can watch that many times and you don't want to like, you know, run out of the room screaming. This also, I feel like, would fit into that kind of genre of like, you know, it's funny, but there are some inside jokes for adults that make it palatable for them. I would recommend it. I, I, yeah, I would recommend it if you're a person that hangs out with kids all the time and you want to watch something different and you like Star Wars, definitely worth putting it on. Or, like, if you uh, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if this were the case, but if you know someone who hasn't seen Star Wars in a while or, like, maybe wants to get more into Star Wars and start branching out into other things, it's, like, a fun, fast kind of refresher that's also funny. So I, like I think it would be a good recommendation yeah. in that situation, too. I like this a lot better than the holiday special, honestly. I was more entertained by it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would recommend episode one to anyone because I found that hilarious. I would recommend skipping episode two, just in general. Like, you don't, it covers nothing. Well, that's it for today's show. Our intro and outro music is by Lobo Loco, and our segment break music is by Poddington Bear. As always, you can find us on our website at StarWarsSleepover.com, on our Twitter at SWSleepover, and on Instagram at StarWarsSleepover. And if you don't already follow us there, please do, because you will get updates when we release an episode and also see all of our cocktails that we make when we record. You can also find me on Twitter at Stelle Lontane, S-T-E-L-L-E-L-O-N-T-A-N-E. 
If you are a regular listener, please consider subscribing so that you are up to date when we release new episodes and you get them all right automatically. And if you like us, please do consider rating and reviewing and also just spreading the word to others that you think might enjoy us as well. We would love feedback from our listeners also about any upcoming topics that you would like to see. We will be back in two weeks to discuss Claudia Gray's Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and I know that I cannot wait for that. So in the meantime, thanks for listening. And may the force be with you.